We left off yesterday, we are in the middle of Perek Zion, and we are discussing this idea of <clears throat> what does it mean, a true existence, a not true existence. <clears throat> We're discussing here a, uh, a situation that we have with two, with, two, um, with two Medrashim. And these two Medrashim are telling us how apparently Hashem is using something that exists already to create the world. So that is a call the Yesh from Yesh. And we're talking about it in terms of in terms of the spirituality. And we're saying we started off with the idea of the sun, then we went to the concept of a a lion and then all the domesticated animals. And then we wound up with even a vegetable world. And we're saying how everything that we have here in the physical world, in fact, has its source in the spiritual world. And so therefore, since that is the source, that's where it's getting its life force from, we need the spiritual source to go through tremendous amounts of tzimtzumim, of limitations, to limit the amount of light that it's giving out in order to finally get to a physical entity. right? And we gave the example yesterday of the light bulb that's here. And we said how if this light bulb, right, the only reason why it's shining light is because it's connected to this wire and this wire has a certain amount of voltage and if it would have more voltage, right, uh, it would just absolutely disintegrate. In other words, if we were to plug the, wa- the light bulb into the nuclear power plant from where all electricity in this area is coming from, it would just cease to exist. So what we're saying then is that it is a precarious existence. It is based on very set limitations and when those set limitations are in, uh, are in play, then we are able to have a world. But if you're going to change those very, very specific limitations, so then we're going to be introduced to an idea of, is the world going to actually exist? Is it going to remain? And so therefore, what we're going to bring out now, what the Rebbe is bringing out here is that, yes, it does exist. But because it is, it is existing in a very narrow window of restrictions, and if any of those restrictions would change for one minute, it would no longer exist. Can we say that this is a true existence? And that's where we're going to go with this. Let's go further. We are on Tzadik Vav. We got through the discussion about the blade of grass. Okay. And then we talked about the mesikus and the chamitzus, the sweetness and the sourness. What? That's a page number. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start from from the the first word. It's about, it's, let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen lines down. Uh, the middle of the the middle of that line. First one line is Mebechinas Chesed Amesikas Behatapuach. It says like this, Vihine Izem Muvan. So from this it comes out. It's understood. She'im Yizgale Ala Nivrayim Shalomata. That if it would become revealed to the Nivrayim, to the creations down here, Shayrasham Vimakairam Shalomayla, their root and their source from above, as we just got through saying that every single thing down here has a root above it in the spiritual worlds. Kamoha Shemeshalamata. 
For example, if the sun down here would have the sun in the upper world, the spiritual world, revealed to it. It would become totally out of being. And also the lion and the ox. If their root and their source would become revealed to them, which are the Chayesh Merkava, which are the animals that are carrying the Merkava in the upper worlds. Kamoshehem, the way they are, Hayanase, Mehem, Ayin, Ve'efes, Legamre, it would become totally out of existence, and it would be as though it never existed. Sha'afilu. Now we're going to go even, we're going to take it a step further. That's the way it is with regards to the Gashmiyastika world. Every single thing in the Gashmiyastika world has its spiritual source to it. And if the spiritual source would reveal one, what should we call it? One inch, one ounce, one millimeter, one milliliter of more energy than it is right now, so then this thing would just stop being. But it doesn't only apply down here. It applies even to the malachim in the upper worlds. Even the malachim, which are known as malachim sichlim nivdalim, because they have an intellect and they are separate entities. Amarazal, we know that there's a there's a teaching. That the teaching goes that Hashem lifted up his little finger, and he totally burnt them away because they didn't do whatever the whole story over there. Okay? So again, this concept of each level, when we're talking about yesh to yesh, having a specific ingredients and having a specific amount of light doesn't just apply to our world, but it applies as you go up from world to world to world. And everything in those worlds are all based on a set of precarious restrictions that could change at any moment. And if they change, then everything will be totally knocked off. Not just knocked off like, in other words, that it'll be a little bit colder in, uh, in, in, in April. It'll be that it doesn't exist because it'll be too much energy that's coming into the situation. And when you have too much energy coming into the situation, so then, therefore, the energy, the thing is, the thing that was was existing before is not going to exist the way it is now. And that's what he says. I'm sorry. Namely, what happened? What does it mean that he lifted up his small finger? That there was a little bit more gilui. Then the regular set fixed amount that was before. It made them into nothing. And all the more so, all the rest of the creations. So if that's what's happening in the spiritual world, imagine how much, what would happen if the spiritual source would want all of a sudden reveal itself to anything in the physical world. It would just stop. It wouldn't be able to be. And I think my, my example of the light bulb is a very good example. Because we have a certain amount of energy that is being going through this wire into this lamp. And there's a certain amount of energy that's going from the breaker box right into this particular outlet. And there's a certain amount of wire that's going from the breaker bo- from the from the outside pole into the breaker box. And there's a certain amount of energy that's going from the 
electrical station in Marstown into the pole outside, and then there's a certain amount that goes to the whole to the whole um, county, and then there's a certain amount that comes to the whole region, and there's a certain amount that's being produced from the actual nuclear power plant. So we see very clearly that there's very, very specific parameters. And it's not like this light bulb, if it all of a sudden we plugged it in, not even to the nuclear power plant, if we plugged it into the, into the wire outside that's going on the street, it would just explode. It's not that it would be like, oh, I think uh, it's just this. I, I don't like the taste of this, so you know, let's, you know, it doesn't feel so good to me, right? It would boom. It would be, that would be it. That would be the end of it. That's gashmius to gashmius. Here we're talking about ruchnius to gashmius. That's the way it is. Because we know that the creation is in a way of concealment. The creator from the creation. And therefore, that's how we're able to make it into a metzias yesh. Now, what does it mean, metzias yesh? Very important phrase. And we see it throughout Hasidus, but let's, let's focus on the two words for a second. Metzias means a form. Yesh means that I feel myself to be an independent existence. I don't feel like I'm connected to anything or anyone else. I feel myself as like an island in the sea. Of course, I'm friends with everyone, but really, I'm my own Mitzias. I'm my own being. And I certainly don't need anything to create me. Because I'm here by myself in the world. It's one of the big lies of all existence. Yeah. What? Exclusive, I'm saying when Tanya brings up Yesh. Yesh, that's what it means, Yesh. It's saying you, it, it, like, Exclusively that, that you feel independent for... Exactly. You feel independent from Hashem and you feel independent from everyone else. That's what a yesh is. A yesh and the rest of that phrase is me'ayin. From where do I come? From, from where? From where? I don't see it. I don't see... I don't feel like I'm being created every second from Hashem. I don't feel like there's any connection between me and you. I mean, you're a nice guy and everything and I like your smile, you know, but really, if I decided to never talk to a person again, I could do that. Probably wouldn't be too healthy, but I could do it. I'm not really connected. That is the that is the lie that we're all living. That's what the animal soul has been has been charged with that mission to make me feel this way. The godly soul, of course, we know is different. The godly soul knows that it's a part of Hashem. It's being created by Hashem. It knows that it's connected not only to Hashem but everyone else. It's one with everyone else. Cares about everyone else. Right? It's a totally different experience. The Nefesh of Bahamis is trying to convince me that, you know, I hope you have a nice life and everything. I don't have anything against you, but, you know, I'll do my life, you do your life, and uh, so help you God, right? Whatever. You know, that's it. That's the end of the story. So, this whole situation, why is it happening? It's because of the concealment that Hashem has caused. Because of this concealment, therefore, I don't experience anything else. I'm a mitzias and I'm a yesh. One of the main goals of Hasidus is to break down that lie. So what we're doing here with this mimer right now at this stage is we're saying, okay, it's true, I'm a mitzias and yesh, right? But my mitzias and yeshishness is all based on these set of parameters. And if those parameters would stop or they would change, then I would also 
become a totally different entity. And even now, after I was created, if the Creator would come and reveal Himself to the creation, so therefore, let's now use our minds to think about this for a second. What is the Rebbe going to go with this? We're going to go back to our original question. So can you say that this is a true existence? Is a true existence something that can change at any given moment? And that is really based on a set of parameters that if they're here, they're here. If they're not, then everything doesn't exist. Yes, David? So the Rebbe just said here that if the Creator reveals itself to the creation, right. and the creation is totally gone. Yes. So what about all the times that Shem reveals himself to certain Nevi'im all, all the way back in Tanah, specifically Moshe Rabbeinu, who used to talk to him one-on-one? Right, so this is a big question. He was able to lift them up to that. But we know that, for example, by Har Sinai, when Hashem revealed Himself, all of our souls left our bodies. But the point being here, again, is, is not to focus so much on the Nevi'im, whatever, we're talking about a general concept. So he says, So if that's the case, since if there would be some sort of change, everything would become nullified, in Cain, Gan so now, even though we have to say that we are a form now, it's not that it's a Sheker Gamar. Remember we said that in the first paragraph that we learned. You can't say that it's a big lie completely, because if the whole thing is a big lie, then also Torah Mitzvah is a big lie, and we know that's not the case. Right? You're saying there's some truth to, to a Yesh, to a Mitzvah? We have to try to figure out how to, how to define it. That's our biggest problem. That's what we've been dealing with so far in this Mimer, is that on the one hand... We're saying, how could you say that there's an existence? There is no existence. It's a big lie. But then we said back, we pushed back and said, well, if we're going to say the whole thing is just a big lie, so then Taramitz is also a big lie. So why are we bothering doing this? So we said, no, that can't be. And we showed a proof from Torah that, right, that there is, in Torah itself, it shows the difference between a lie and emes, right? So therefore, you can't say about it, it's a big lie. So what exactly is it? So now we're coming up with a new definition. The new definition is like this: Im came gam achshav sheyeshna mitzias. That even nowadays, that we're going to say that we are a mitzias, ain't a mitzias emisi. Okay, so this is a new, a new, a new categorization. The new categorization is we're calling this a it's an ain't a mitzias emisi. That's what this is. It's a mitzias, but it's not a true mitzias. Okay. So therefore, it appears to exist, and it sort of does exist in one way, but it's not a true existence. And he gives an example. Now the example he's going to give is something called Naharas Mechazvin, which means literally false rivers. Now, what's the deal? The deal is that there are different, presumably everyone's learned a little bit of the Rambam, and we learned a little bit about mikvahs in the Rambam, somewhere along the lines when we were reading through it, right? And, and we know that there are different levels of mikvahs, different levels of purity, right? So you have, like, for example, we have a mikvah with rainwater, 
right, that the rainwater comes and we gather it together in a special way, and it's all halachic, how do we gather it and how not to gather it, and whether there could be metal or not metal and plastic and this and cement and all different laws that we know, right? That comes into our bore, right, the pit, and then the water goes on top of it, and that's a special thing the Rebbe Rashab came up with, that it's a bore on top of a bore, right, and all the different reasons for that. Okay, fine, good. Now, there are other mikvahs which are known as living waters. When you have living waters, that's a much higher level of purity that it could cause in terms of the mikvah, right? So it could be like from a mayan, right, a wellspring, right? So there are the concepts, however, of what we have is a river, there's different rules about rivers and everything like that. But one of the points is that if over the course of seven years, one year, the river is not flowing, so even though the other six years it appears to be flowing, and it is flowing, it's now lost its, uh, shall we call it, halachic status of being living waters. So even though we're seeing that the water is flowing this year, but the fact that the water did not flow last year is indicatory of the fact that even this year, it's not really Mayim Chaim. Is that clear? So we're going to use that as an example. We're starting with this as an example to show that what? To show that even though something might appear to be on the outside a true existence, but it doesn't mean necessarily that it is a true existence. And then we're going to go from there into the idea of we know that the world is going to be, right, 6,000 years and then 1,000, right, of a totally total destruction, which means the times of Mashiach and all different types of things that we know from that. So is it that the other 6,000 years, using the same analogy of 6 and 7, right, are they really true? And that's how we end this paragraph. Now, as I told you the other day, this paragraph is a bit of an anomaly in Hasidus. Because generally speaking, Hasidus focuses on the concept of Yesh Me'ayin, which the Alter Rebbe discusses extensively in Shari Yuchad how Hashem is creating things Yesh Me'ayin, nothing into something, Right? And therefore, he needs to be completely involved every single second and bringing it into existence every single second. And really, everything could go back to nothing in, in an instant just by him stopping the existence process, not changing anything else, just has to close his mouth, so to speak. That is more the traditional discussion on this topic in Hasidus. This paragraph is talking about going from an existing thing to another existing thing. And showing how, based on the fact that we're going from one existing thing to another existing thing, but because there are very precarious rules and regulations that are going on, therefore it's not a true existence. So just to recognize what we're doing here. What we're doing, as I told you from the first class, we're looking at things in layers. So is it true what this paragraph is saying? 100% it's true. 100% it's true. But it's only one layer of the discussion. Again, is this table hard? Is it a solid? 
Yes, on this level, when I try to bang my hand right into it, it's not going to go through it. But if I take a microscope, I'm going to see it from a different perspective. What am I going to see? I'm going to see atoms. And we know that 99.9999% of atoms are what? Empty space. And if I look even deeper, I'm going to see that those protons, neutrons, and electrons that make up the atom are really not even there. They're quirks. And what's, what are they made up? 99.9999 of empty space. So which is true? Is it a piece of wood or is it a quirk? The answer is yes. The answer is both. It depends on, depends on what your perspective is. So you can't say that it's not a piece of wood and you can't say that it's not made up of quirks and empty space. You can. You have to know what we're looking at. So from one perspective, we are nivroyim, we are creations that are being formed, so to speak, or being given the energy from a spiritual source, which means that it is a yesh. Yes, it's a spiritual yesh that we're talking about, but it's already something. So the blade of grass outside is requiring the mazel that's coming on top of it and hitting it and telling it to grow. But on the other hand, we're going to say in the next paragraph, chuck out all that whole discussion. Now let's go deeper and say what? That really the blade of grass is being created every single instant, yesh in from the Abishter. So which is it? We'll get there when we get to Parakeh. Let's go inside. I gave you too, a lot of coming attractions now. Here we go. It says like this. <clears throat> it says like this. Right? The rivers that are false. One in every seven years. They are possible for making mechatas. Mechatas, hashkacha pratis, we're learning about it also in Gemara. It says when you come across the same topic in two different uh, uh, subjects, it means you're learning L'Shem Shemayim. That's an old vart. if you didn't try to do it. So, Mirza Hashem, we should be learning L'Shem Shemayim, learning for the Ebishter. Also, we're dedicating our learning today to one of our alumni who's having an uh, operation today, Mirza Hashem, Rafael Naftali Ben Chanat Sivia. You should have Rafael Shlema. Hagam Shekeis, even though right now, Heim Holchim even though right now they're they're flowing and they're going constantly. Really, you cannot call that a true flowing. You can't even call it Mayim Chaim. Why? Even because they're standing to be able, that they're going to be in a situation that it's going to stop flowing. Even though even though right now, if I look at it, the water is flowing. It looks gewaldic. But because it's going to stop, they're possible. But it appears to me that they're flowing. What is going on over here? Is it flowing or not flowing? On the one level, it's flowing, but it's not an emissary flowing. Because if it doesn't flow straight for seven years, it's not true. So we could understand also in the nimshal, backing over to the creation of the world, that even though the world is a mitzias, we do have a form in this world. But if the 
individual nivrayim, their root and their sources, would become revealed. From where they actually came from, here ma'ayin doesn't mean from nothing, it means from where they came from. Yemehem ayin ve'apis, then they'll become nothing and absolute zero. Harigam achshav shiyeshnam b'metzias, ainam metzias emisi. So therefore, even now, we have to say it's a metzias, but it's not a true metzias. That's the point. Ubefrat. Now we'll go even fo- more focused. At the end of the day, that in the seventh millennium it all will be broken down. That this is the one that will be destroyed. So therefore, it's like the rivers, the false rivers. One in seven years. That even the other six years are completely possible. Is that clear? So how is that the muscle for our for our existence of Torah and mitzvahs? How is the muscle that we're actually living in a shaker? What? Like, so that we're not. Muscle? So we have to say it's it is not it's, 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 it's somewhere in between. That's what we're trying to say here. But it's not it's, false. It's not complete shaker. It's not a complete shaker, but it's not a mitzvahs it's, well, let's not call it sheker. It's, it's just not a, a mitzias and misi. That's what we're saying. Because it's not complete sheker. Because if it was complete sheker, then the whole thing would be sheker. No, we would be a, totally not in existence. I don't know if it's closer or not closer. Because right now we are we are seeing, like let's say the rivers, it looks like it's it's flowing. That's what it appears to be. And if I touch the water, I'm going to feel the water flowing. Also here, I'm I'm a human being in a body. Right? That I, I'm doing Torah mitzvahs. So therefore, I am a Metzius. But I have to look deeper to understand that this Metzius right now, we're saying, is very precarious. And therefore, it's not going to necessarily last. But it's not a Sheker Gomer at the same time also. Let's, let's read to the end of the paragraph, and then we'll discuss it. So, Kamokin ha'olam af shebeshish alfei shanim sha'olam oimed, that also the other 6,000 years that the world is standing, ain't a Metzius emisi. It's not a Metzius emisi. This is why it says in, in the Medrash in Kohelis, Perak Aleph, the Zion Pamim Hevel. That's the seven times that the word Hevel is brought. This is corresponding to the seven days of creation. Everything that was created in the seven days of creation, they're all Hevel. Why? Because it's all meant to be destroyed. So we're going to say that they're hevel, even though we are saying that it is a metzias. It's not a metzias and misi, it's hevel. What's hevel? How do you translate hevel? Futile. Futile, vanity, uh, empty spread. Uh, vanity, okay. Rabbi Google says vanity. That's, we'll go with that. Right? So we see that we have to understand that, that what we see in the world, it appears to be a world, and it is a world to a certain extent, the physical world, but even the spiritual world. As opposed to existing or not existing, physical versus Gashmias versus Ruchnias. It's not so much Gashmias versus Ruchnias, because we're saying also Ruchnias here, because we talked about the case of the Malachim, 
And then it seems like the way you're putting this motion out there, it's one seventh is the physical body and six seventh is the torial mitzvahs. No, 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 no. All, all no. of that is contained, everything contained is, in one seventh. Everything is in one seventh versus six seventh. It's all the whole mitzvahs. So what's It's all seven. It's nothing. That's what we're saying. It appears to be a something, but it's not a true something. So still, but it's not a nothing at the, also, because we have to say that it... What? Only one-seventh, true. Why do you say one-seventh? That has nothing to, Torah it, mitzvahs has nothing to do with the one-seventh or the six-seventh. No, I'm saying in this mushal, because this mushal... This mushal over. doesn't say anything about Torah mitzvahs being one-seventh versus six-seventh. It's not that's what it's, it's talking include, about. It's included in, in everything that exists, right? Yeah, everything, right? So they're saying, but the... But the but the, but the mushal is mm-hmm. that that that's only one seventh. It looks like the no, 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 like no, 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 no. That's not that's not the mushal. The mushal is whether it's a mitzvah or not. It has nothing to do with Torah mitzvahs. We're not talking about Torah mitzvahs right now. Okay. We're talking about whether it's a mitzvah or not. So right now, what we're saying is that everything appears to be a mitzvah, but since we know that in the seventh millennium it's not going to be a mitzvah, so therefore even now it's not a true mitzvah. So therefore, so we looked at it from two different angles. We looked at it angle number one, is that it's a precarious existence, right? Because if the root from every single entity would become revealed to it, so then that entity would cease to exist. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is from a different perspective. It's since we know that in the seventh millennium, nothing is going to exist the way it does, so therefore, also now it doesn't exist because it's not a true existence. Both are pointing to one thing. What appears to be a Metzius Emisi is not a Metzius Emisi. So the question is, then what is it? It's not a Metzius Emisi. That we got. But you, on the other hand, you can't say it's a Sheker Gomor either. Because if you were going to say it's a Sheker Gomor, like we said in the first paragraph, then you'd have to say that Torah mitzvahs is a Sheker Gomar, which you obviously cannot say. So, right now, we're holding by the point of it's a Metzius, but not a Metzius Emisi. That's what we're holding. It's something to think about. Now, however, we have to go deeper in tomorrow's class when we get to Perkhes, where we go more to the traditional uh, Chabad Hasidis approach of Yesh Are we going to say that a Metzius Emisi is even possible? It is. It, it, that's a. That's a. That's a very good question. Can there be a mitzvah? Mitzvah. That's a very good question.